But as they make their way there, we're going to dive into God's Word through the Apostle Paul's letter to a church in Philippi. So Paul has been with them. So I want to set the scene for you. Paul's been with them. He has been the one that, that helped this new faith family in a, in a city called Philippi, a city that, that people worship Roman gods and Greek gods, and now here's this, these upstart followers of Jesus. And they're wondering, what's our place in this? And I think they're struggling a little bit because Paul has left. And now Paul, during this letter, he's actually been thrown in prison. So he can't stop himself. He keeps talking about Jesus, and it gets him into a lot of trouble. But he doesn't care. He's in prison. He's probably been beaten pretty badly. And he's wondering, is this my last week? That's, that's the scene as he writes to them. And now it, it actually helps, as you, as you probably read this about five times, when he says about rejoicing. Remember, he's, he's wondering, is this all it? And he wants them to rejoice. Let's hear this. It's from chapter 2, starting with verse 17. But even if I am being poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. And in the same way, you also must be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I want you to see this number. Yeah, that's a great number. 4,732. 4,732. That number is the number of weeks that the average person has to live on this earth. As I preach to people at Edgewood, which is a retirement home, assisted living, most of them have gone above that. They've had more weeks. My second funeral was with stillborn twins that had zero. One of the other funerals I had was one child that didn't even have one, not even one week, 14 minutes. Still others, I was blessed to honor someone's life who was 105 years old. I think the number of weeks on his life goes off the calculator. (laughs) And his older sister was still alive and there. She was 107. We don't know our actual number, but each week is precious. Each week, no matter what, it's a gift from God. I don't know what is going on with you this week, this particular one, but I know God does. And regardless, it's, it's, well, let me show you.
So what if? What if each of these jars represents a life? Which one, which one's better? I mean, pretend this is all 4,732, all full, maybe even more. And pretend this one, pretend this one is like a little girl with family heartbroken had just 52 of these. Which one's, which one's more valuable? Which one was loved more by God? Which one made more of an impact? This one or this one? The truth is we don't know the, t- the time. We don't. And I think the people that Paul is writing to, are they're struggling. And as they try to live their life, each week goes by, right? And each week, slowly, it keeps moving on. And sometimes you have that one week, right? A beautiful one. You know the ones, right? The one you wish you had back. Oh, man. The one where, oh, Macy's like, give me one. <laughs> you know the week, though. The one where, where she was born, right? You'll know that story for the rest of your lives. You'll tell it to her. Or the twins were born. Oh, man, what a gift, right? Or there's that other week. Man, the one you made vows in front of your family and friends, in front of God. Oh, man, that week was such an amazing one. It's gone now. But you remember it. Or that other one where you just got your driver's license. Oh, man, you, your parents actually gave you the car. You drove it for the first time. You did not crash it. Or maybe you did. It's gone now. But what a gift that was. Then there are others. You know, this week, oh man, this week is the one where you wouldn't wish it on anyone. This is the week where he said, we're done. This is the week you lost your job. This week defined by you heard the word cancer. And yet they keep going, right? And here's the hardest thing. How many of those weeks do we not remember? I have so many weeks, right? And when I think about my life, so many weeks I'm like, I, I don't know, were they good, were they bad? I don't I don't, I don't quite know. God gave them to me. God gave them to you. So where's God in the middle of all this? The good, the bad, and the mundane. And what do we do? Do our lives matter? Do we make an impact for God? Is he there with us when the hard ones are there? Maybe you're in the middle of that right now. Maybe you're having a beautiful week, but I'm guessing there's quite a few of you that are struggling and you're just desperate for this one. 
this particular week to be done. But they keep going, don't they? So where's Jesus in the middle of this? Paul talks to some, these people in this church. They're struggling like you and me. They have great weeks. They have beautiful weeks. And then they have really hard weeks. And they have a complex culture around them. They have people around them that don't believe as they do. Kind of like us today. And they're wondering, can I express my faith? This week, can I, can I talk about it? Can I show it? Because these other people, they believe in different ways. They don't buy what I'm talking about with this Jesus, and I'm trying to live my life. But is this the week that I, I speak out? But I don't know. I have doubts, and I'm struggling myself. But the weeks, well, they keep going by. And at some point, at some point, we'll have just a few. And at some point, At some point, it'll all be empty. Is this the week? None of us knows. So what now? Jesus is talking to them and he says, are you looking for a significant life? Are you looking in just, just this week? This one? Are you wondering where God is? Are you wondering if you're making an impact? And what does God have to say about all of this? Because this is the week I need. This is the week I'm hoping to see God. This is the week that I'm hoping that others are able to experience that same thing that I desperately need. This is the week. So he talks to them and he says, do you want a meaningful life? Do you want one that's filled with something that is better than any job? Do you want to, do you want to know the truth about what's most important? He says it starts with a person. In the, this chapter that we've been focusing on, chapter 2 of Philippians, he talks about one person who was sent. And his name is... Oh. You know, on Wednesday when I said, and his name is, they all went... Jesus. <laughs> I was like, um, we can get better at that. His name is... That's who Paul is talking to them about. And as the weeks go by, as they slowly trickle out and are poured out, he talks about Jesus and he says, you know what? Jesus, with every single blessing, as the one by God, he had everything, every good gift, every blessing. He was filled with it. And you know what he did with it? This is what he says. This is wild. He says, Jesus... Whoa. Voluntarily emptied himself for you, for me, for the world. And now he moves on. And now remember, Paul is talking from prison. Now it's not jail like we think of. Oh no, this is this is terrible. He probably he's probably stripped naked. Because you've got to humiliate someone that's wronged others. He's probably been beaten again. And when they were beaten, we're not just talking about getting hit. We're talking clubs. We're talking a cat of nine tails. So typically, many times, people that this is strips of leather with bone or metal on the end, and they'd hit them with it. They would make sure you suffered. 
They'd make sure you don't have food and good water. If you did, it's not great. And from there, what does he say? He, he talks to these people that are struggling with this week. Yeah, I agree. They're crying out to God just like that, Macy. Thank you. Yes. And from the middle of his own pain, when he's wondering, is this my last one? He talks to them about what he hopes for. Now, this is something that as I hear Paul, I mean, I'm like, this is my prayer for you and for me. Because Jesus did it all on the cross. That's not what this is about. This is, this is trying to model this so others, others that are wondering about this week, that they need the same thing you and I need. So this is what he talks about. So he says, but even I'm being poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So in the middle of his horrendous situation, wondering if this is it, his concern is it's for these others. And what he's saying to them, it's kind of strange, being poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith. It sounds strange, right? What does that mean? Well, in Jesus' time and before that, people, to make things right with God, if they messed up, they would make a sacrifice. Or if they wanted to glorify God, if they got a blessing, they would give an offering. Now, we have an offering time. For them, they would give their first fruits. The first fruits meant, well, most of them are farmers and shepherds. So they would give what? Well, they're going to give their most precious sheep first to God. There's other sheep. They have a lot of other ones, but they're going to give the best one. Because that's God's. God gave everything. So they'd give an offering. Or they'd give like their oxen. Or they'd give a dove. Or, or something else important to them. And when they gave something important to, to God, then they'd be reminded, now God, you've given me everything. So when we give offering, it's a reminder that, God, you've given us everything. We're just giving that first portion back. An offering. But what he's saying, pour it out as a libation. I'm like, what, what as a sacrifice? Well, we have to go back to that first book in the Bible. So, so many, many, many years, generations before Jesus, before Paul, um, people, when they made these sacrifices, now there's one by the name of Jacob. Now Jacob was blessed by God. He's imperfect. He messes up. He lies. He twists things. He's, he's, but, he's, but he's loved by God. So Jacob, he has actually, this is something I crave, and I'll bet you do too, an encounter with God. God comes to him, and they, he doesn't know it's God, and he wrestles with him all night. He strives with God. And so the next morning, as this has happened, God actually says, you know what, Jacob, I need to give you a new identity. I can't believe that you were just wrestling with me and striving all night long. So you've you got a new name. And he calls him Israel, which means strives with God, wrestles with God, tries to figure things out with God. Your new identity is Israel. And this happened on this really uh, special place. A place that you may have heard uh, uh, churches named after, or hospitals. It's called Bethel. And that's why we have them named after this holy place. He gives an offering. And on that altar, I want to show you this. Jacob, this is the first time he sets up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with God, a pillar of stone, and he what? 
poured out a drink offering and poured oil on it. So they would not just sacrifice animals or their first dollars to God. No, they would, they would put them on an altar and they would light a fire and before they would light that fire, what would they do? They would take their very best wine, you know, the one that, that helps sustain them. And they would pour it over the sacrifice. The wine helped not only the fire, but they truly believed God loved that smell of the wine that had mixed in with that as an offering. It was pleasing to the Lord. They'd pour out a drink offering. So their offering started with pouring out something. What if today, what if today, You have all these great things that God has given you, right? And you're trying to fill in life. You know it. You know, sometimes I put a post. I show my my cute little kiddos, like I put their school pics, and you guys like it and comment. I'm like, ooh, blessings from God. Thank you for those comments. You said one of you said my little boy looks like me. (laughs) And sometimes afterwards you're like, you shake my hand, you're like, Pastor, that really meant something, and that that fills me up. Because I know that's God, and that just that fills my, my tank. And then there are other times that, you know what, uh, things are going well in my family. We have a special time like at the pumpkin patch the other day, and that, that just, that's just special to me. That fills me up. Um, and, and then I, I whatever, I, someone gives a card or something else is good. And then you know there's those other times, right? <laughs> I can have beautiful times like I just all of them described. You have those weeks, right? And then you have one bad conversation. Out of all of the many conversations that you had, there was a bad one. Someone, someone felt wronged by you or they said something negative. And you know what happens in that? All of those great things that I, I think about like that week. Does this resonate with you? The week was beautiful except for that one thing. And now the week is bad. The week is terrible. What if Paul is telling us with his drink offering that we don't have to define what's good or bad because it's all God's? And what if God is modeling us to do something different today? You know what God is saying with all the blessings, with all the things? He's saying, do what Jesus did. He wants you to pour it out today. And I don't know what that looks like for you today, but I know God can put something on your heart to be just like Paul, to go out, even if our situations are not perfect, but today, today we're going to make an impact. And I think it comes back to what? This week. This one. It's not perfect, I know it. There's hard things, there's good things. Maybe you're not even remembering what's going on this week. But this is the week. This is the week that we pray that God will lead us. So there's a couple hundred of us here right now. This sermon series is called Plus One. So what if, what if this week we go out from here and now we're going to say, you know what? I'm going to be a drink offering. I'm going to pour myself out. I'm going to pour out my intentions and and God's forgiveness and God's love on someone that needs it. And I don't know who that is, but I wonder if God's putting on your heart right now someone, someone in your family, a coworker, Someone you may not even know yet. Someone that needs him. Because this is the week that 
you could reshape their life. We don't know how long we have. We don't. But I know this. Our lives are shaped by just a moment. One. And now we get to go out, not to do it perfectly. No, we get to go out and maybe we can reshape someone else's love, life, by love. So on your way out, you're going to get something. You know what you get? A marble. You know, as I've been thinking about this, I'm like, man, as I've been pouring all these out, it's like losing your marbles. <laughs> You've known I've been losing my marbles for a while. But on the way out, I want you to grab one. So when you go out, out the way out the door, we'll give you one. And then I want you to maybe put it in your pocket this week because this is the week, right? This is the week that God's blessed us with. God's filled us. God's emptied himself for us. And now he's saying, we got to pour out our God's love for others. And we can do it much better when there's 200 of us doing it as opposed to just one or two. All of us, if we made an impact today for someone we could reshape 200 other lives for Jesus. Wow. So let's go out one at a time and let's reshape this week. Amen. Let's pray. God, for long-winded pastors, we give thanks. For pastors that sometimes lose their marbles, we also give thanks. But God, for so many of us, it does feel like each week, the good, the bad, the ones where we're just tearing our hair out, wondering where you are, that it comes back to each week is a gift from you. It's a gift because you poured out your love and your life and your forgiveness on that cross. Now you're asking us to follow you, not because it earns our salvation, not at all. It's because you've already done it all. So God, help us to go out from here one at a time to make a difference, one life at a time, one conversation at a time, one moment at a time. Those moments can define us and others. So God, help us to make it about your grace and about your son Jesus most of all. Help us to pour out our lives to you as an offering as you did for us. And all God's people said, Amen.